What's going on, everybody? Hope you are having a wonderful week so far. So this week on the podcast is a good friend of mine called Un. Uh, he is DJ producer, um, more so live artist, super techno, super cool music. He actually lives with me. So this is the first in-person podcast we did. Sadly, the bloody video didn't work. Um, I either didn't hit record or didn't i don't know what happened but it didn't work but this is all audio so i apologize for those people on youtube um but yeah without further ado Un. we're live man how are you we're live i'm good <laughs> this is weird it's like a, it's the first like in person podcast i've ever done used to like looking at a screen right? yeah it's like used to zoom conversations and shitty internet connections right <laughs> um but this is nice it's yeah. kind of like obviously at the home studio yeah um and it's weird because there's a screen right there and it's hard to <laughs> it's not, hard look, not at to the look at it yeah. it's hard not to look at the screen so if i'm looking at the screen just tell me off it's like the first thing uh you learn in acting right is like not to look don't at look it. at the camera yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's weird you got to kind of act like nothing's there it's yeah weird but how's life pretty good yeah not too bad um just been writing a lot of music lately um Played a couple gigs since uh, June. That was like my first uh, gig back. It was July, late July. It was my first like post-COVID yeah. gig, which was nice. And yeah. Ever since then, it's been somewhat steady. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's good to get back in the swing of things a bit, right? How is it? Um, Ralph's just entered the room, by the way. <laughs> He's got, Ralph's the Brian's cat. Um, how's it been getting back into the swing of things after lockdown? Obviously, it's lockdown was shit, but... yeah. Uh, it's been really good. It was lockdown for me was um, not gonna lie, like pretty depressing. Like yeah. as far as like output and yeah, you know, yeah. creativity, um, started off decent, but then did a lot of nothing over the lockdown. Uh, as far as music's concerned, yeah, yeah. But um, since uh, performing again, it's given me a reason to write, you know, music again because the live performance is a big part of my, yeah. you know, create creativity and stuff. So. Why did you choose? Because for anybody that doesn't know what you do, like the live, you purely play live. You don't DJ or anything like that. Yeah. Um, what was the choice? Did you ever DJ before? Yeah, yeah. When I started, um, I started just DJing. Mm. Um, well, be and before that, I was in bands, played yeah. in bands forever and ever, played guitar and drums. Um, and yeah, so for like four or five years, I only DJed. And that's like when I was learning to produce because the end game for me was always to like be a producer. Yeah. But, you know, when you first start, you're pretty bad <laughs> for, for a while, <laughs> you know, and I, you know, still improving, of course. But yeah. um, so, yeah, DJing was the obvious choice. But once I started producing a bunch, yeah. what I found was you know, I'd do a bunch of production, write a bunch of tracks, and then I'd get booked for a gig. And then I'd be like, oh, oh, shit. You know, I got to, like, get a bunch of music now yeah, and yeah, do a yeah. DJ set. Yeah. So it just, like, made more sense to um, try to do something, like, with my own music, do, yeah. like, a live thing or something. And you write a lot. Yeah. Like, no. a lot. Yeah. Um, maybe not as much as you. <laughs> or maybe so <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. At the moment, like, I've not written anything. Yeah, yeah. For ages but you you seem to be working on a lot all the time yeah 
For anyone that doesn't know, Ryan and I live together. <laughs> so I was going to kind of... in the room. Yeah, I'm going to talk about this in, in the intro, but um, we've lived together for four years. Yeah. I can't believe it. Mate, it's That's crazy. So far. <laughs> and it was kind of like the perfect fit where... Who was it? Nader? Yeah. Nader put us in touch. Yep. And then was like, well, I've got this techno producer that needs a studio. And I was like, well, I've got a basement. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Didn't you come, you first moved in the house and put the studio upstairs in your in the I room? Was, I was thinking about it because there's a, uh, because when I lived in Kansas City, my studio was like in my room, you know, and it was just like, that's what it was in my bedroom. Um, and then when I moved to Detroit, the first place I lived, I had like a dedicated studio. And once you have that, you're like, yeah. Oh my God. Like it's, it's game changer. It's hard it? to go back. Yeah. It's, it's, what is that about? Do you think it's cause like, you're, then you're not sleeping? Yeah. In, in I th same. Yeah. I think it's just like a change of scenery, right? Yeah. It's, it's why, you know, people like to have studios, like not in their house. Yeah. You know, some people prefer that cause it's easy to like get out. Yeah. 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 Like go do something, go yeah. somewhere. I I I used to have a studio out some, when I lived in LA. I used to have a studio outside of yeah. the house, and I hated it. <laughs> I, it felt like I was going to work every day. Yeah, yeah. It was like also in LA, you got to deal with the fucking traffic, right? And, which is not good. And you like have to leave at a certain time, right? Otherwise, it's game over. Yeah. But I think ever since like before that, I always had a studio in the house or in in bedroom, right? Um, it's much nicer having it in the house. Oh, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I don't know any situation where I'd have it outside of the house. Right. I think the only, if I lived in like an apartment, had to. Yeah. That'd be the only time. Ralph's going to do it. What's <laughs> <laughs> up, dude? Um, yeah, it's, it's definitely, I think I, it would be nice to build something in your garden. Maybe like a sh like another bu outbuilding. Yeah, that could be really interesting because then it's like it's you go to work, right? It's yeah, completely separate. Whereas here is like you could just pop into the kitchen, exactly, pop and do things. But I think um, I think it is nice to have have a studio. But like, yeah, you've been in the studio down in the basement for four years. Yeah, yeah. How do you find it? Uh, it's not bad. It's pretty good. Ralph's giving us trouble. Ralph, Ralph's gonna, isn't he? Let's be <laughs> honest. Ralph's the, the cat, by the way. Um, yeah, I'm like a pretty um, low maintenance producer as far yeah. as like having a space and everything. Um, and the space downstairs actually works for me. It's better than my old space in my, when I had like a bedroom studio. You know, um, I've made like makeshift like soundproofing <laughs> and stuff, which is kind of funny. It's like but it works, you yeah. know. Um, I do have to check things in headphones a lot, yeah. which is a good habit to be in anyway, mm. you know, even if you have, like, a nice studio. I, I never do that. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I should, but I never do. Is it, Why do you do that? Uh, I tend to, like, I feel like if you I use a lot of reverb mm. on, like, a lot of my stuff. Yeah. And for me, I've found, like, even when I work in here sometimes, yeah. which is, you know, sounds much better, obviously, but... um. Like, if you have, like, lots of reverb, like, it can sound pretty good on monitors mm. and you put headphones on and you're like, oh, that's, like... Sounds you, like you're in a Yeah, warehouse. yeah, it's, like, way yeah, too yeah. much. Yeah. You get in there and, like, EQ it a bit. Yeah. Um, But I... I For a long time, I didn't check in headphones because I was like, oh, I have a studio now. Because when I learned, it was all headphones. Yeah, yeah. So I was, like, you know, just that in a laptop sense. and headphones, yeah, yeah. you know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was, it's interesting. There's, I was talking to Mika, one of my friends. I think you met him. Yeah. Bondi. He 
we were talking about today about living in LA and there's so many people that live in apartments now that are like right. big producers yeah. that don't have speakers. They're just doing everything in headphones. Right, yeah. And then just go and pay to get it mixed down sure. by somebody else. And it's an interesting process. I think for me, like, I can make in, I can write in headphones, but yeah. I just think it just takes the, we're making the club music. Yeah, it takes a lot of the fun out of it yeah. for me because it's like, you want to like, you know, feel it, crank it a bit, yeah. feel it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, definitely. I agree with that. I agree. Why, why Detroit? Uh, so basically, you know, I'd been, I'm from Kansas City, lived in Kansas City my whole life. And, um, you know, I had, I had friends in Detroit and I was looking to move somewhere that had like, a better or like bigger music scene than Kansas City but um I was also like the same time I was gonna move I was quitting my job you know my day job yeah. and I was like okay I'm just gonna do this music thing so uh you know cost played a big part of like where I chose because yeah. you know you know who wouldn't want to live in like you know New York City or yeah, yeah, some yeah. of these places but it's like so expensive yeah so to Detroit just seemed like a good fit and it's like you know I'm a I'm a Midwesterner, so yeah. it's like it, it's home. it wasn't that different, <laughs> you know, living here over Kansas City. So, yeah, um, yeah it, was, it was like a multitude of things, and you know, movement, and you know, that's that's nice to have up here. So, yeah. did you play movement? Uh, I was booked to play the year 2020. Yeah, the one that got canceled. Yeah, yeah. Um, I did like the live stream instead because uh, they did like the live streaming thing. Um, but no, I've not played the festival. I was pretty bummed because it was like the, the I was like stoked, you know. I was like, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it it was yeah. you'll you'll get booked. Yeah, I think they're doing it this year. We'll see what happens. But yeah, they're they're doing yeah. it next year. Yeah, they definitely. They're getting it. Yeah, they're, they're definitely doing it. Yeah. Um, I think you'll get booked. <laughs> yes. Have a word with Chuck. <laughs> yeah. Drop him a text. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, hey, what's going on? So I want to talk about how like the style of techno that you write. Sure. For me, is like proper techno yeah like i sometimes like people sometimes say that i write techno and i <laughs> I don't write techno compared to the techno that you write <laughs> yeah. um it's 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 a huge scene yeah it's also super niche sure sure how where did that come from because obviously from playing in bands i can imagine the bands that you played in were like pretty like rock yeah yeah it was like extreme metal yeah like you know which, super heavy which dark. makes sense <laughs> with yeah. the techno that you write is like kind of still in that same same realm right um where did it start like why how did it go from the rock to the techno um so for me it was basically so i've always been into like electronic music um you know started for me with like warp records you know that type of yeah, stuff so Tecra, apex twin yeah um and you know, playing in bands forever and ever. Like, I played in bands for, like, 10 years. And you start to, like... It's it's really hard to get, like, four of the people on the same page. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, You know, one person wants to go this direction. One person wants to go this direction. One person's, like, this serious about it. This person's, like, this serious about it. Yeah. So it's kind of hard to, to do it, like, super seriously and mm. find, like, four people that want to do that super yeah, seriously. Yeah. So... Just like that kind of whole situation got me thinking um, of trying to do something like a solo yeah. act or whatever. And then I think the DJ thing just, you know, I can't, I can't think exactly what like got me interested in yeah. it. Um, other than just wanting to like do some expression like solo. Yeah, yeah. And I think that like kind of 
seemed like a good fit. Mm. Were you um, listening to techno beforehand? Yeah, I was, but it was like um, I listened to a lot of like compact records, you yeah, know, yeah. like the from Colm, yeah. like the more melodic. Mm. Um, I guess like maybe a little more accessible. Yeah. You know, when I first started listening, it was you know a lot of big room stuff, and yeah. I'm like, oh yeah, like. Yeah, yeah, I like the sound. It's like big kick drums, you know, just like yeah. metals, like you know, super fast, like yeah, huge yeah. kick drums and stuff. So that was like a good uh, <laughs> Ralph. Chilling, <laughs> but um, but yeah. So the techno thing, get him out of here. I think a big a big thing for me was I heard this group called the Sandwell District, okay. which is like Function Regis, yeah. uh, female, just like the, all these legendary techno producers, and they had this like specific sound that was like it's cold, yeah. but it's also like evocative, you know, mm. and emotional. Yeah, yeah. But it kind of has this like steely like coldness to it, which yeah. um, is like machine techno thing. Okay, I've and, not heard of it before. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of got me wanting to produce yeah you know and start like okay i'm gonna like try to make some stuff like this and then like the first stuff i produced was like so bad it was, <laughs> it was awful what year was that can you remember uh it was 2010 okay 2009 2010 yeah yeah so it was because i started you know playing music when i started Maybe guitar so. like 1996 you know when i was like yeah pretty young and then the last band i played in was like 2009 2010 yeah, so yeah, it was yeah. like a I'm going to do something with music and it's not going to be this anymore. So maybe I'll, I'll try this, you yeah. know, it's, it's, it's always interesting to see how people kind of get into it because especially the like techno <laughs> Ralph is just <laughs> fuck. don't worry. Just stay there, dude. Um, it's, it's interesting to see how people get, especially in the genre that you're in. Yeah. Like I understand the more like accessible dance music. People generally usually get into like the more that, accessible dance music and then go sure. a little bit more underground yeah to a certain extent um whereas where you're at is like it's a very it's very underground yeah <laughs> it's very what when you're doing the rock band was it was it similar where you're like we're playing to like this is it's gonna be hard to get yeah huge but for sure it's fun you're doing it because you absolutely love it yeah i think like the biggest bands and like the, the genres i was playing in they would play they would play festivals you know yeah bigger festivals um but like when they would like tour around and stuff it'd be like little rock clubs yeah you know like yeah. l club you yeah, know here yeah, in detroit yeah, yeah. so like that yeah. size you know that's cool so that's um so then like the techno thing aesthetically it was like I don't, I don't know why I'm attracted to like, you know, playing this type of music that can, is not going to get you, you know, <laughs> that much, I guess, yeah, you yeah. know, but it's just, um, I've always just kind of done whatever I felt like, like creatively. I've, mm. I've never, um, been like, okay, I should make something like this or I should make something yeah. like this. It just always comes naturally. Is it? So I, and I guess this is the thing is kind of, cause it's tough, like, on a business sense in yeah, the industry, right? Like, for sure. There's, in certain genres, there's like a, a few people that are massive. Then you yeah. have like a big, like kind of co-support, co-headline yeah. support kind of. And then you have the people that are up and coming. Um, in your kind of scene, that, that 
it feels like, and I could be wrong because I don't know much about it, but yeah. it feels like there could be like even smaller of a of amount of people that are super successful. Oh, for sure. And then even like at the sport level and, then, and also at the coming up. Yeah. Yeah. There's like a very limited amount of like spots, yeah. I guess you would say, yeah. you know, because it's like, you know, the biggest thing's probably like, you know, Bergein. Like yeah. that's like the big it's the, it's like the thing everyone, yeah. everyone wants. And so you got like, I mean, I guess like Ben Clock would probably be like the biggest name yeah. that's like somewhat similar to what I'm doing. And even yeah. he's like a little more like uh, accessible, accessible, <laughs> but he's also just like an incredible DJ. Which is mental to say that. Yeah. <laughs> but he's just like an amazing DJ who's yeah. like pretty versatile. Yeah. Where I do like a live set where it's kind of like. It's you. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's going to be this. And if you book me, it's, it's going to be this type of thing, um, which kind of like pigeonholes me even yeah, more. Yeah. Which I've thought about, but I think I think that's the thing, though, isn't it? I think you have to enjoy what you do, sure. And it, I think you're a massive like. It goes to show that we don't do what we do to make a shit ton of money. Yeah, a shit ton of money would be nice. Yeah, but realistically, it's like we only do it because we absolutely love making music. Oh, absolutely. And I think there comes a point when it flips, when you've had a bit of success and you're like, oh shit, how do I get more of that? Yeah, you but get then a taste. And then it's also realizing like, oh, I need to actually just go back to what I'm doing. Sure. And really just enjoy making the music that, that I make. Yeah. Yeah, if you're in it to make money, there's like so much easier things you can do in life. Yeah. <laughs> to make, you know, <laughs> over like yeah. this you know music shit because it's like how come you gave up your day job at that point like what what was the point in your career where you're like i'm ready to give it up it was basically like a sink or swim type thing it was like uh you know i'm gonna like fully immerse myself in this and you know if it doesn't work you know if i have to get a job in a couple years no big deal but um if i don't at least try it you know i'm definitely gonna i know i'll regret it you know if i don't at least like try to try make it. this work you yeah. know um and it was like the fact that i was like moving to another city like made it make a little sense and i had like some savings so it, if i didn't do it at that point i was probably you know yeah never gonna do it yeah so <laughs> it wasn't like i um had like a ton of gigs and i was like oh this is like this is i can i can do this now it was more of uh you know i'm just gonna like write a ton of music and make like do this full time you know see what happens yeah i respect that um, cause I think there's two ways, isn't there? There's two ways to do it. There's either that way that you did it or wait until keep working until sure. you, you literally can't work anymore. And until it, but I also think sometimes I, I heard a saying the other day that your nine to five, nine to five pays for your seven to one. Yeah. And it's kind of a nice saying because it's, we all need to earn money. Yeah. You'll need to have at some point where we need to pay the bills and, I think it's great for anyone that's willing to go, fuck it. I'm going to just make it work. Yeah. Yeah, I would. I don't know if I would, like, recommend a lot of people. <laughs> <to do that. laughs> like, I've kind of made it work, but it's hard. You know, it's it's tough. Uh, there's definitely ups and downs. Um, I think I think each person kind of has to make that call, you know, yeah. themselves. I think it depends on what you, on how you want your life to be as well. Sure. Like, when you're, when it's like anything when you're being self-employed right yeah it's like you don't have that guaranteed income yeah every month um for anyone and then especially when you have a 
global pandemic. You know? Yeah. <laughs> Shit. Um, but it's it's definitely the best feeling when it works. Oh, absolutely. Like, it's like there's no better feeling. And yeah. then when it does work, you know, you're like, okay, this is, this is why I'm doing this, yeah. you know? <laughs> it's, did, it's, did you have growing up, like, I don't know, even now, like, you got friends that are in, like, corporate jobs that just fucking are earning so much money. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, you're like, oh, damn. And then you realize, no, actually, you're ha- so much happier than them. Yeah. Yeah, I, I have, like, pretty much all of my friends are, you know, you know, work yeah. and, like, have good livings and have good jobs and a lot of them married, have yeah. kids, all this, you know. And I do think about that a little bit. Yeah. Like, it does cross my mind. Yeah. Just, like... I mean, just like the stability of totally. something like that would be like nice, but I think as long as you're happy with like, like the hustle component, which I think is the part that kind of gets the most like wears you down. Yeah, is like when you're totally self motivated. Yeah, um, like just that you're always have to like to go 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 go. Like that can wear you down. Where I mean, if you have like a corporate job, you have that as well. It's just a little more stable, I guess. There's a, it's different. Yeah, I, I, I think it's also your if you're good at your job, you can pretty much guarantee your job sta- stable. Sure. And you know that <laughs> I earn this much money a year and I'm going to get this in my account and I can do this with that money. Yeah. I can buy a house. I can go on holiday, vacations, whatever. Um, but also it's like you're selling your soul to the devil (laughs) (laughs) and it's like we're like we we can do what the fuck we want yeah we we have the best job i know it's amazing (laughs) it's like if you want to play computer games you can play computer games (laughs) (laughs) which i do which you do do a lot (laughs) what where did that come from uh, so ba- it, it, it all this is this, and I'm not judging you. No, no, it no. might sound like I'm judging you, <laughs> no, yeah. but you do like niche things in everything. Sure, everything you do, and I love it because it's like I've I've not, I don't have any friends like that. Yeah, you know I mean, apart from you, and I'd never really came across it from you. But like, I remember like coming in at like four o'clock in the morning from a show and you watching some like gaming thing on on tv and i was like this is <laughs> yeah. uh, this is wild to me but then like get like i've learned so much like living with you about yeah. it and and i love it but where did like explain this whole gaming stuff so for, I, for i still don't understand it <laughs> for me it was like there's probably like two consistent things in my life and that's like music and like games you know like my first Maybe my first memory is like getting a Nintendo on Christmas, an old NES. I think I was like wow. six or something. And then it's like, oh my God. Which one was that? Was that's that the, one that that's the, the original up? Nintendo. Yeah, yeah with the yeah. flip up. Looks yeah, like yeah. a toaster. Yeah. Yeah. I like that one. Do you so still have it? I don't have, I have a Nintendo, but I don't have the, the, the one NES. I had when I was yeah. a kid. Yeah. I did the thing where like I sold, like, I had a Nintendo and a Super Nintendo and a Genesis, all, yeah, of the, yeah. all these games. And then, like a stupid kid, I went to like they called it Funko Land, which yeah. is like EB Games now. Okay, yeah. I gave them all my shit, <laughs> and then they gave me a PlayStation, <laughs> which seemed like a good idea at the time. Yeah, but, hindsight. Is yeah, good. but now it's like all those retro games are actually worth a lot of money now. It's like, like Bitcoin, right? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's very collectible. How many people have like spent God knows the amount of Bitcoin on buying drugs, and then, like <laughs> yeah. over like twenty, fifteen years ago, and now it's like worth would have been worth billions, yeah. but. <laughs> okay. yeah you that. never know yeah 
But yeah, so it started there, and then like, you know, I got a, we got a computer in our house when I was pretty young, mm-hmm. like, like nine. It was like before Windows even yeah. didn't even have Windows oh, wow. on it. It was like a DOS computer. Okay. Well, it was like the Matrix, just like green. Yeah, yeah you yeah, just yeah. had to type in everything yeah. you wanted. Yeah. Um, and so then I started playing computer games like super young, and then, I don't know. I was just I was like on the internet really early. Yeah. Like when that first started, and I was like super about it, like message boards yeah. and stuff, and um, and then it just continued on. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I started playing like, you know, I got Doom when I was super young, and I was like, oh my god, Doom like was classic. First person shooters, yeah, yeah. it's amazing. I got super into a thing called Counter Strike, yeah, which was probably the first. That was the first game I played online like a ton, yeah, you know, and I was like, mm. you know, playing constantly. Was a is that still big Counter Strike? It is, yeah. They do big competitions, yeah. For that, don't they? And they still play like the older version that came out, like it's called Source. It's like came out like fifteen years ago, but yeah. they still use it because really? it's like it's like balanced a certain way. Does it's like it, a sport. Does you know? it look terrible? It. I mean, it doesn't look like the new shit, <laughs> but it doesn't look awful. You yeah. know, it doesn't look like Doom or something. Yeah, yeah. But Doom was terrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah. So, and then like I, when I actually started producing, mm. it was funny because. One of the things that clicked for me was like, I have this like incredible PC that yeah. I built myself, super powerful PC. Mm. So I could, I got Ableton and I could just run everything immediately. Yeah. Like it, it had no issues like running all this stuff. Did you, know, you build the PC for gaming? I did. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then like the, produ- the production was like, okay, I can do something like kind of productive yeah. with this PC rather than just, you know, <coughs> play video games, games all day. Yeah. And then it would start, I would be like, okay, I'm going to spend this much time producing. And then I, We'll let myself like play stuff yeah and then it pre- pretty quickly turned into like gaming took like a super back seat for a really long time yeah um and i was just like when i was like learning ableton it was like a complete <coughs> you know obsession you know five to six hours a day really? just like trial and error writing really bad music <laughs> yeah. how important do you think that was though because i think for me i had like a two-year period where i Split up with my girlfriend. Yeah, I, I can remember. I can remember twelve months specifically, just twelve months, definitely of I split up with my girlfriend at the time, and I literally saw. I used to go to the cinema once a week with my cousin, and then I didn't. I was working full time as well, and I didn't really do anything apart from work, gym, write. Yeah, and didn't have any social life. Didn't yeah. have a girlfriend. Didn't do anything just locked myself away did you was that something that kind of got you to the next level of production oh for sure yeah. like that like i think it was probably probably like three years before i actually wrote something where i was like okay this is like in the ballpark of what i'm going for yeah you know because i've always tried to be really honest with myself and be like you know that this isn't working and yeah it's not working but so yeah those that like three-year period of just you know writing hundreds of tracks mm, tracks yeah, you know yeah. they're just like little shit little things yeah <laughs> trying to figure out why does this sound like shit why does yeah, that yeah. sound like shit like um how can i make my kicks sound a certain way da 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 yeah um but yeah that was definitely invaluable and i feel like everyone kind of has to go through that unless you're like taught you know yeah. which i i know some people a lot of people take like classes and now which mm. i'm maybe i would think it would make that process shorter you know if you're like instructed i think it does but i also think it it depends on the person, but I think it also makes people a lot less, um, a lot more impatient. Sure. Because I think 
you're you're getting oh, not necessarily impatient but less creative yeah because i think i don't know about you but it, during that learning process because I, I went to school for music technology but yeah. they taught us the bare minimum basics sure. um so i knew how to like arrange and i knew how to put things in but yeah it, realistically the bit that takes the time is the creativity side yeah. of it but i think when you're trying to learn that it kind of and you're trying to speed that along you lose that whole creativity of like finding who you are as an artist sure um did you were you try like have you always written that style of music uh no when i started i actually thought i was gonna make like idm you yeah. know like apex twin autograph yeah. boards of canada yeah like trip trippy like yeah, slow yeah. like yeah. headphone music yeah, yeah. like that's what i started trying to make and then it kind of slowly like got more techno um but i think i was i was drawn to that because that was like the first kind of electronic stuff i liked um it's actually like really hard to make yeah <laughs> it's it's hard to make that type of music because it's supposed to like sound kind of like old and yeah. you know shitty yeah but like in a good way mm. <laughs> it's like so it's kind of hard to just like not just make it sound bad yeah but like bad in a good way you know burial for me was exactly like, yeah was that, that type of production where it's so lo-fi yeah but it's it sounds great right yeah but awful 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 <laughs> also awful yeah it's like intentionally yeah. yeah but i think a lot of that is like sample finding yeah and then processing samples yeah at the like the best I don't know. It's weird because that that first burial album was unbelievable, yeah. and it was all made from Metal Gear Solid samples. Yeah, I was just about to say that. It's a little gaming tie-in. Yeah. He like ripped like most of the samples from Metal Gear Solid. There's like a there's a really cool wiki that has like the source of like every single sample on those first two oh, albums, really? and it's like you know pages and pages and pages mm. and pages. Have, and, you like, see, have you seen the Resident Advisor thing that they did? Don't think so. probably they did one on on it. Oh yeah, it's pretty much probably the wiki, but in yeah, in like an article form, form yeah. yeah, video form. Um, and they were like, yeah, you can hear everything. He sampled Beyonce as well. I don't yeah. know how he cleared that. He sampled a lot of, uh, maybe not a lot, but I I know he sampled yeah. a few like you know, vocals big, from big like vocals, big names yeah. and like pitch pitch bend the shit out of yeah. them and stuff. I love that. Maybe he didn't clear it. <laughs> maybe he didn't. <laughs> I don't know. Is there like a point where the sample doesn't sound? Where it's so manipulated, it's so different. Yeah, that you're like, no one's ever fair use or something. Maybe. Yeah. Do you like using samples? Uh, yeah, I like samples. Um, I like to like take a sample and like time stretch it a lot. Yeah. Like that's to make like pads and stuff. Like I've been working on my ambient project again. Yeah. Yeah, I've been listening to. Yeah, that. sounds great. It's like Erasier. It's third nice. album. It's almost finished. What's it called? Aracia. That's the name of the artist. Yeah. Okay, how do you spell that? A R A C E A E. I love that you have to think about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so I've been working on that. But so for what I for that, for example, you know, you take like a really long string sample or yeah. something and then just like time stretch yeah. the absolute shit out of it and like pitch pitch it mm. a certain way. Yeah, yeah. Put a ton of reverb on it, of yeah. course. <laughs> and then like you get like these weird pad sounds that I think you could get those type of sounds with synthesis, but um, it has a different quality mm. when it's when it's a sample that you're yeah, working with. Yeah, because I wonder if that's how they do it. 
with like Afix and Burial and things yeah. like that, where they actually make the samples themselves. Yeah, and yeah. And resample it. Probably. They probably have like a bank, yeah. you know, and they like record a bunch of stuff and then have like all these. Yeah, because I know Afix blocks. does a lot of modular stuff. Yeah. Right. So maybe he just spends months making modular sounds. Probably. And then re-recording them in. It's something I'd love to like understand a bit more about modular synths. Because although yeah. you don't use hardware, you still kind of use modular. Yeah, I use Reactor a lot. Yeah. The Reactor Blocks, which is their like kind of like modular system yeah and it's just a modular yeah. like in a vst yeah um but no it's it's a lot of fun i i don't think i would want to build like an actual hardware modular for one it's like super expensive and for two it's like a little over my head <laughs> yeah you know yeah um it would be nice to have like a little one i've seen some people some live mm. performers they'll have just like a couple yeah yeah you know yeah modular things which that would be fun to have yeah i think it's um like <laughs> modular effects sometimes when yeah. you're live and things like that. Like, do you use any any hardware effects? Uh, no. no, I'm like all in the box. Yeah, yeah. It's so easy. It's <laughs> yeah. so easy. Like yeah. not having to worry about plugging shit in. Yeah, when I was, uh, you know, when I, when I played in bands and stuff, I had all this hardware, like yeah. all this guitar shit, like all these pedals, all these good heads and stuff. And so I feel like I kind of went through my gear phase when I was <laughs> yeah. there. Yeah. Most people go through their gear phase, you know, when they're making techno. Yeah, so they yeah. buy all these synths yeah. and stuff. So I kind of like went through that phase. And then when I first started producing like techno stuff, I started buying stuff and realized it was, for me, it was actually kind of just like getting in the way a little bit. Um, I think it can do that. I think it can do both. Um for me, like, I, I don't have any hardware in here. Yeah. Um, but my place in the UK, I do. And it's nice for, like, I'm trying to find, I'm trying to, like, <clears throat> I've got a chord pattern. Sure. And then I want to just send it to a synth and just see what I can get out of that. Yeah, synth. yeah. Um, or if I've got, like, a bass line and then I'm, like, I, I want, like, a beefier baseline instead yeah. of me going in and processing everything i just run it through the moog yeah yeah which is it's re it's kind of just lazy really <laughs> yeah. it's just like well the moog's sitting there oh yeah yeah like it sounds great so let's just run it through that um i would really like a like big polyphonic synth sure just like one that can do everything yeah really um that can i only need that one right really. yeah I do. I use a lot of drum machines back in really? the UK. Yeah, I have like. What's your favorite? The AVP. Um, I'm really. It's like this. It's Russian handmade. Okay. It's so it's like Russian. a boutique thing. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. They 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 make them by hand and ship them out when they built it. Really. Nice. Um, I think it's AVP. I can't remember the full name of it, but it looks russian as fuck it's <laughs> yeah. like harsh corners nice I like that one and the tans bar light i've got as well okay the mf mfp light that's really nice um but they're all very similar yeah yeah that's the thing is like and also it's like when you've got hardware you're like well i can get this in software now sure it sure all sounds very similar it's just you just can't touch it right yeah if i had like a bunch of disposable income i'd i might buy a few pieces just to have yeah you know, I'd really like to have a, it's funny, like a Latin percussion, okay. the Roland. <laughs> yeah. I actually use those sounds a lot, yeah, yeah. like in Ableton, like the shaker and yeah. like the clove and uh, yeah. 
couple other ones in there. But those old Roland drum machines, I feel like, would be really cool to have. Even though they're super emulated and, you know, you can buy, like, emulated ones. Yeah, 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 the remakes that they're doing are pretty good as well. Yeah, yeah. The small ones. Um, I want to. I do want to get an SP twelve hundred. Yeah, that'd be nice. It'd be dope. <laughs> yeah. But they're so expensive. Yeah, how much are they? I don't know, but I, it wouldn't surprise me if they're like over a grand. Yeah, for like it's pretty expensive. It's expensive when you can just get all the sounds yourself. Sure. And I don't even know if there's MIDI on it. Yeah. So you're like, you got to get CV and then convert it to MIDI, and then. Ugh. Yeah, for so, me, it's like a lot of times it's hard to justify the expense. Because I'm pretty, like, I'm, like, kind of like that with everything where it's, like, do I actually need that? Like, am I actually going to, like, use that a bunch? I think I think that's, like, one of the best things, though, mm-hmm. to have in life. Because it's, yeah. like, well, it, the clear example, when we, before you, Victoria, your girlfriend, moved in, yeah. the house was just fucking <laughs> minimalist. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's, like, we don't buy shit. Um but I think that it kind of goes into that artist side of thing. And it's like, let's just stick with what we need. Exactly. And what helps us survive and yeah. make, makes do. Because there's so many people that buy so much shit <laughs> and then never use it. Yeah. never. And that's that's in life, right? Yeah. Like clothes, everything. You just like... It's the same with music. I think sometimes is that saying all, all the gear, no idea. Sure. And it's it's not. That's kind of all pretty disrespectful. But I've got friends that are like extremely successful producers. Yeah. And they start having money, and then start buying a load of gear, mm-hmm. and then never use it. And yeah. You're like, why are you buying it? Yeah. Like you buying it just for your Instagram Instagram stories. photo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's a good background for it's your picture. Great background. <laughs> yeah. But it's like you can only do that a couple of times. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I guess people can spend their money on what they want, really. Yeah, it definitely goes both ways. Like, I know I know plenty of people who are just, like, wizards, yeah. you know, and they just have, like, all this hardware, and they know exactly how to use all of it. But I've never been that type of person. I'm jealous of that. I know, me too. That's yeah. the thing. It's like, that's that's another reason I don't have a bunch of gear is just I know I'm, I'm going to get lost yeah. in it. And, like, I'll, I'll probably learn to use it eventually, but... I'm just so quick with how I, I have like a process yeah, and it works really well and I haven't really felt the need to like change it up a mm. ton to yeah, where I'm yeah. like adding hardware to it. Yeah. Cause there's like so many VSTs and you sounds you can get. Yeah. Yeah. I did an interview with Andy McDougall who's a, uh, he's my master engineer. Yeah. And <laughs> that's kind of what happened with him is he worked out how to master without hardware. Nice. And that's kind of how his whole business came out of it. Sure. It was because he didn't need the expense of the hardware of what all the big studios is. So like yeah. a big studio costs, let's say, $150 for a master. Yeah. But you're not actually paying for the master. You're paying for their rent and you're paying for their hardware. <laughs> right, the overhead. And you're paying for the mortgage that they've spent on their desk and stuff yeah. like that. Whereas he can charge $50. Right. And you're like, well, that makes sense. Yeah, for everyone, because we're also in a day and age where you make fuck all money from producing music. Oh, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, it's like, it's like, why am I even more so for you for like for your for like streaming on techno like that? Like, I make literally nothing for streaming. Like, I get a check once a year, and it's like you know twenty bucks or something (laughs) on a good year for streaming. Yeah, there was like 
There was one time uh, Blawan and Luke Slater both played one of my tracks on their BBC sessions, like on separate occasions. Oh, you got some money then. Yeah, that I was like, wow, a, a check for that's <laughs> like actual money. I mean, it was like 200 yeah. bucks or something, but it was a lot for like one play. Yeah, yeah. It kind of makes you um, think about, you know, what things used to be like. Like I was talking to uh, yeah. a friend of mine, developer, he was in town this weekend, and he was talking about like Trezor. Like they used to sell like, you know, 30,000 copies of a record, and that was like normal. You know, they had like a warehouse and it's like mm-hmm. all this stuff. Yep. And now it's like you press 300, 300, you sell them all if you're lucky. If you press 500, you're like, oh, yeah, I'm really going to town. Yeah, like yeah. 500. Records. And you're worried. <laughs> yeah, you're exactly. Like shaking because you can't sell five. Yeah. They must have made so much money back in the day. Yeah. I think they had a pretty big, a lot of those like things like that had a pretty big, you know, umbrella of things yeah. they were doing. Like the venue, the label, like all this stuff. We're now a record label. A record label now is like it's it's totally a passion project, right? Almost all the time. Like it might help you get a couple gigs here and there, but it's definitely like a labor of love, right? Yeah, because it still costs. Yeah, and it extent. still costs money. Like, yeah, you might not be making money, but you're still spending money on it. Yeah, <laughs> and the, that's the thing is like with like Spotify, like a million streams makes generates about three and a half thousand dollars four thousand dollars right a million streams a million streams like let's say that's let's say that's ten thousand people listening to it right and they all listen to it ten times is that right math i don't know I'm like, <laughs> yeah. whatever that is even a, whatever so that would be like ten thousand set like record sales yeah ten thousand record sales is a lot that's a lot that's a lot that's a lot yeah <laughs> That's like an enormous record. That's like a record of the year territory. <laughs> yeah. Like, and imagine you're making, what would you be making on, on a record that sells for $10? Like digital? No, like. Oh, like on, actual on, vinyl? On vinyl? Probably like four bucks. Something yeah. Like that. yeah. You're making 40 grand. Yeah. <laughs> for like one record. Right. And you do that four or five times a year. Yeah. You're making a shit ton of money. And it was like that until, like, what, the early 2000s or something? Until what was the, not LimeWire, what was the guy's name? Napster. Napster. That was the first one. (laughs) Which I was all over now. I was like, of course you were, because you're a computer (laughs) geek. Yeah, yeah. I was like, like, oh my God. I will say, though, I discovered so much music I never would have known existed, like, when I first got Napster, because I was like, I was a teenager. I can't can't remember my exact age, but it was like, Oh, what's this? What's this? What's yeah. this? And I still bought music at the time, yeah. you know, but think, it's definitely killed. It it probably would have gone that way eventually. Like, I don't think the record label model they were using was sustainable like, at all. No. Like, have you seen the things where it shows how much they were charging people for yeah. CDs? Yeah. Like, and they were spending like yeah. 50 cents on a CD and charging like 20 bucks. Yeah. Like that type of shit. Yeah. You'd, like crazy. You'd buy an album for like 20 quid. Or like fifteen ninety nine was like an. It, I remember in the UK like fifteen ninety nine pounds yeah. was like the one. It's like a CD. Yeah, and like then a the compilation album. would be like twenty to twenty five. Yeah, and you're like, I know there was a lot more money in like sync, like mechanical syncs and things like that, and sure. they'd have to pay more out. But the manufacturing of a CD is fucking pennies. Yeah, yeah, it's like literally nothing. <laughs> I went. I was in a car. 
I was in Austin the other day and my mates drove me somewhere and they had a CD player in their car. Nice. And I was like, this is old school. <laughs> <laughs> like even laptops. Does your, does your computer have a CD? Mine does. Yeah. They, a lot of them don't. I got mine like intentionally. They had like a D, like a DVD yeah. rewritable just to have it. But I mean, most computers don't. They don't, they don't now, do they? Need it. Yeah. Even like, even if you're installing like an OS, you just use a USB yeah. now. It's like you don't need that because that's why people used to have a disk drive was yeah. you know install like operating systems yeah. and stuff. But you don't even need that anymore. I just realized that OS stands for operating system. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> My mind is blown. <laughs> Which makes sense why Apple's all iOS because it's yeah I yeah never knew you just that. made the it just made Galaxy brain connection just, mind blown Jesus <laughs> Christ somewhere in my electronic of the brain <laughs> mind blown wow um, yeah do you like living in Detroit I do yeah I like it it's um it's cold right now I don't like the cold I love the cold you love it I yeah. mean I'm so happy it's colder now I'm I so see I I like it. I will say I do like like this type of weather over like you know it's like super hot yeah. i don't like the heat at all i'm like the super pale don't like the sun um we're both a bunch of white boys <laughs> yeah. but no detroit's nice it's got like it's got cool spots to go um the venue situation seems a little dire it doesn't seem like there's a ton of venues it's weak isn't it yeah it, it's i was i really want to open a club here yeah, I remember. Yeah, we, we talked about that a bit. You had the, the idea for like the space that yeah. would have like I'd creative spaces in it as well and stuff. If, if I had like a couple of million, yeah, you definitely need like a big investment. To do <coughs> you something do, like that. and I think the thing is, is that it's creating something that brings the whole community together rather than just alienating like the the dance, the electronic community sure. that makes sense i think for a, a good enough business you need something that allows live music electronic music and kind of hip-hop yeah um hispanic and everything like that yeah because there's all those communities here that need that kind of venue absolutely but I'm, I'm, it amazes me that no one's done it yeah to be fair because there's so many buildings to sell yeah there's so much property What's that venue that just opened up Spotlight. recently? Spotlight. It's great. That place is cool. It's really good. Yeah. And I like it. It has like an arts space feel to it. Yeah. Rather than just like, you know, a club or whatever. It's really good. And I really want to do a party there. But I think they have like alienated themselves to a certain genre. Mm-hmm. And I don't think. And I think that's the thing that I struggle with. With like you've got to make like that space is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they've done a really good job, and I'm just like put different music in there. Sure, like put super techno, put house, put tech house, put whatever, put funk and soul. Yeah, put like rap battles on, like do everything. Yeah, um, but they don't. Yeah, I don't know why. There must be a reason why. Right. Um, have you been there? I've been there once. Yeah. It's dope. It's I, really I like cool. it. Yeah. It's a really nice vibe as well. Because I think in the day they open it up as like a cafe kind of sure. thing. So people can go and work and, and yeah. like that. Um, yeah, I like the room. Yeah. The room's cool. The room's a perfect club. Yeah. It's perfect. I like like the skateboards and stuff on the wall are cool. Yeah. And like all the records yeah. and stuff are cool. It's, it's great. And it, you can buy everything in there. Yeah, yeah, so like yeah. They have the record store in there as well. Right. Um, it'd be cool if they did food. 
That would be nice. That would be the I next. think they probably they probably do like a food truck or something. That's what most places do that don't want to have a kitchen. They have right? a food. They have food people outside. Yeah, kitchen. yeah. I, th- I don't know if enough people go to make it work sure. for every day of the week. If that yeah. makes sense. That's probably like a huge am- amount of money on top of whatever else Kitchens. to have like a kitchen. Yeah. It's probably like. And then you got to deal with like the food house. Sure, sure. Like, yeah, more insurance. <laughs> yeah, America's crazy with insurance. That's where that two to three million investment comes from. That's, what That's you, pretty you, much it. Yeah, but you also have to almost own the venue because you know how Detroit's going. Oh like, yeah, the minute you make because what venues make areas hot. Yeah, I think I think if you put a venue down in five years' time, people are going to be living around there. Yeah, and if you don't own the venue, that venue's going to be turned into apartments. That's what happened to the works. Yeah, that's literally what happened. Yeah, yeah. and. The works, damn, that place. <laughs> yeah. Like that, the works was there forever. And then like slowly the area around it built up, built up, built up. More like complaints came in, mm-hmm. you know, about the venue. Like people were always complaining about it. And then I think they just, the whoever owned the property just decided not. Yeah. They didn't even offer them to be able to re-up the lease. Because they, yeah. they didn't want the venue there anymore. So Makes it's like, sense. what do you do? And also that was a health hazard, that place. <laughs> <laughs> the works was special. It was a special place. Was, I remember playing there on a movement after party years ago. Yeah. And like, you have to like dodge like little bricks coming from the <laughs> ceiling. <laughs> but it was fun. I definitely played a lot where there were like, I'd be like Dust. moving my stuff because yeah. it would drip. Yeah. There was like, oh, a, really? one time there was a like dripping water. I was like, oh. <laughs> move my push <laughs> literally only in detroit that would yeah happen. that's why i love this place right it's like i i've learned to really enjoy it especially yeah. over the last month i've like really For started sure. enjoying living here a bit more um i no. think it's just i've just been experiencing more of the city a little bit. of course it's it's definitely an interesting place yeah if you know where to look yeah right yeah you go like off the beaten path that's the thing is like there's so much space here yeah and there's so much to do. I, I would, it would be really interesting to see if you could get like a bunch of artists together to invest in something. But then that's the thing. It goes back to what you're saying with the bands. It's like sure. when you've got a bunch of people doing it. Yeah. You're just kind of like. Then you have like a board. <laughs> you know, yeah. you have like all these people. Yeah, you have to like run stuff by. Run stuff by everyone. And it's like, it's just not worth it. Right. And it's also to get investors to invest into Detroit. Yeah. It's just sad, but it's. The city's just there's not much to offer. If sure, that makes sense. As is like, would you rather invest in New York or Detroit? Well, there's 12 million people in New York. Yeah, and 500,000 in New York in in Detroit. It's like, well, where do we make the most money? Right. Yeah. Which is what someone who's going to invest like that. That's like what they're thinking. Yeah. Unless they're trying to like do something that's not about money. Money. Which who's <laughs> who isn't when it comes to investing yeah only artists do that <laughs> yeah, we're the yeah. only stupid that's why none of us have money <laughs> right yeah <laughs> but i think it it surprised me that some of the older guys haven't yeah like invested into a place godfather did yeah he has his, he has his club downtown but it's like super commercial they have the underground resistance shop that's been there forever yeah that's in in indian market I think so. is it indian market not sure exactly. I can't remember exactly where it I've is. I've never been in there. It's so bad with geography. Is it cool? Yeah, it's really cool. Is it it's like small, open? but no, you have to make an appointment. Uh, okay. But um, usually, like, 
it's like super active movement time because obviously people yeah. are coming into town and everyone wants to like make an appointment, check it out. Yeah, yeah. But I think you can make an appointment anytime. Um, what are they selling though? Just like all the old Underground Resistance records. Oh, cool. Yeah. Bunch of other stuff. We should go down there. Yeah, we should. We should It'd be fun. It. Yeah, that'd be fun. I've been there once and it was like the second year I came to Movement or something. It was like 2014. So it's been a long time. Yeah, that'd be dope. I think that's the thing is like it's so perfect. I to it's, it's Detroit's such a perfect city to like grow something. For sure. Because it's it's so cheap. Yeah. It's that's so where cheap. the opportunity's at, I feel like. Yeah. That I look, people overlook. And it's probably because you have to put like a lot into it, you know. It is. Um but you know my mate Troy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He, he's like opened a club but well he used to he used to own Grasshopper, yeah. but he rented that. And yeah, that was, that was kind of like the sticking point of owning, uh, not owning the venue is you can't do what you want with it. Sure, um, and then you got to deal with that monthly payment every, yeah. every month. Like it, I, we all know, like even if you take mortgages out, it, you still have that monthly payment, but it's yours at the end of the day. And right. Can, if shit hits the fan, you can sell the building. Yeah. Um, but he's he's got a super gangster club now. Nice. It's like super hood. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's making a killing. That's cool, though. Yeah, it's great. Yeah. And there's people. People want it. And I think that's sure, the thing sure. is, I think if you gave somebody, if you get, gave, I think maybe like a 800, 800 capacity venue yeah. that can be scaled down, like right. maybe like two rooms, like one 400 cap yeah. and one like 800. Yeah. And then you can have a night of, you could have, a bigger night if you need sure. it, if you know what I mean. You could um, have, like, lots of nights that were just the 400 room, yeah. and then... C- kind of like what TV Lounge does with sure. the patio. Yeah. But I think we it need, we need like, a better inside venue. Yeah. Tangents kind of like that, where they have the gallery room, and then they have, yeah. like, the big main room. Um, but, yeah, I think that's, like, definitely the way to do it. Mm. I've never been to Tangent. Tangent's cool. Last time I went, they had, like, a big shop set up in the, ta- in yeah. the gallery room, though. So I don't know if they're using that as, like, a live space right yeah. now. But um, they have, like, a big outdoor area. You can do stuff, which is cool. I think that's the cool thing is is to have something that's very community-based. Whereas yeah. It's not just a nightclub. It, and, I'm, yeah, I'm pretty sure they own it. I'm pretty sure yeah. it's been, like, the same owners forever. Yeah. And that, that part of town is still... Um, there's not a ton of, like, houses around. Yeah. So I don't think they're in trouble. Like, the way, like, the works, you know, was. Which, if they own the building, I mean, they can do what they want. Do what they want. Right. Yeah. Until the city As long as the in. cops don't get involved. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the cops aren't going to get involved. <laughs> right. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. Yeah. Do you see yourself staying in Detroit for, like, a long time? Or? Uh, Probably for a few years. Yeah. Mm. I don't know where else. Well, when I, kind of before the pandemic hit, I had plans to move to Berlin. Yeah. That I felt like I was getting pretty close to, like, yeah. making it happen. But... You know, pandemic obviously put a stop yeah. to that. And Germany's still pretty rough as far as... It's just gone back into lockdown, hasn't it? Yeah. Well, when this comes out, this comes out on the 30th of November, I think. Yeah. So maybe it might... I think it's still going to be locked down. Yeah, because I know Bergein opened up for like a couple weeks. And I haven't seen if they're staying open, but I mean, lockdown, they can't. Like, you have to... Cl- Close businesses at like 10 p.m. or something like that. So yeah, it's only like um, restaurants are allowed to stay open, um, and clubs are completely not. Yeah. So it's almost like 
yeah, so probably won't be uh, moving to Berlin anytime soon, which is sad. I love Berlin. Yeah, like, it's beautiful. City. I've been there like four or five times now. Would you Would you move though? Is that still on the cards in future? Uh, yeah. I mean, I'd like to eventually. Yeah, it's an awesome city. Yeah, and for the type of stuff I play, there's a little more opportunity. Well, mm. not right now because of COVID, but you know, in general, that's kind of where that sound. Because um, there's there's a lot of crews that you know throw parties where my kind of sound fits. Yeah, yeah, totally. But there's just like so many more in Europe, and Europe's so like close together. It's easy. There's to more fly, opportunity, yeah, yeah. right? Like all the festivals there, or not all, but there's a lot of festivals that are like that kind of music and stuff. Where here, there's really movement, movement, and then there's like one in LA that's kind of yeah, or San Diego. I can't remember, but um, well, crossed. Maybe I'm not sure. Is it like a big commercial one? I think. Paula Temple played there, I saw. Yeah, Cross, I think. Oh, okay. So cross, it's not... Cross Festival. I saw Paula Temple play there. I'm like, oh, they play like... That's weird. Yeah, they... That, those guys are really interesting. Yeah. I played for them a bunch. They're amazing. Um, they have, like, built a brand up where they always sell out their festival. Sure. And all their shows. So they can book who the fuck they want. And they yeah. can book super cool lineups. That's cool. Yeah. Um, and they... That they're like probably it's my second second or first favorite festival in nice. in America. Um, just how it's curated and yeah. how how it kind of really helps edu- to educate people on different genres and kind of different niches of genres and subgenres is is really interesting. Yeah, that's a cool way to do it and to like uh, experiment not experiment but be a little more adventurous maybe yeah, with yeah. a couple of your bookings is cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's nice. Um, I played with Jerry Beltram, like, in the summer. Yeah, and, like legend. Yeah, <laughs> absolute legend. I think I've got him on the podcast soon. Nice. Be really interesting. Um, but yeah, it's, you wouldn't have thought Jerry Beltram would be playing on a festival to a bunch of 20, 18, 21-year-olds. Right. Like, he's back in from the 90s, if you know what I mean. Yeah. Um, Were people into it? Yeah. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the thing is festivals that do that kind of really help push the industry on and kind of really sure. help, like, educate, especially in, in America because the scene got lost here. Yeah. Years, right? It kind of got taken away by and got taken over by hip-hop and rock. Yeah. Um, And it seems to be doing pretty well now. For sure. And now it's, like, all in my genre, it's, like, all the artists who used to, like, you know, you try to book them here in the States and they'd be like, oh, well, I'm not, you know, yeah. I'm, not, I'm not taking eight dates in America. I'm yeah. not playing there. Now everyone's trying to come here yeah. and play. <laughs> it's like the shoes on the other foot because it used to be the opposite. Like everyone would be trying to go to Europe and yeah. play and stuff. It's it's interesting. I think COVID's helped with that. And yeah. I, I don't mean that. I don't say that COVID's a good thing, but America's open. Yeah. And it's not fucking closing down as well. Right. So artists need to earn money. Yeah. And in America, they can. Yeah. Um, but I think it's great for the American scene. I think it needs it. Sure. I think it needs people moving out here and kind of spending more time here yeah. and playing kind of... Not, it's, it sounds really condescending by saying educating, but it is yeah. in the grand scheme of things, isn't it? It's like getting promoters to like really build proper crews and proper yeah. fan bases rather than worrying about booking big headliners. Yeah. I think that's important. Yeah, I think like maybe since it's like things are just opening up a bit, like people are booking a little more conservatively. Yeah. Like just to like get their 
thing back. Money back. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Get get like a little stability, and then like maybe start experimenting a bit because that's probably like I mean I'm not a promoter. I don't really throw parties, but yeah. that's probably like on their list of concerns. It's probably pretty low yeah. as far as like like you know having like something cool or whatever. Yeah. They're probably just like trying to not go out of business. <laughs> Would you ever start your own night here? Uh, maybe. I did a night in Kansas City. Yeah. Um, just it was like smaller, but um, just a lot of work. Uh, we do like a party every year at Tangent for movement. For movement, like the Friday night of movement, and we like usually go all out and. Uh, that's like enough for me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Planning like one party a year because it's like <laughs> it's a lot of work, yeah. and it is like bigger than like a normal party, so it's more logistics. Yeah. You know, it's like four or five headliners. You know, you have to deal with. But um, I don't know. I think having a night would be. It is a very like cool thing to do, like creatively. Yeah. Because you can kind of you can explore things that are you know. I think as artists, we kind of get in our own like bubble, totally. you know, ins insulated. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if you start having your own night, you can really experiment a lot more. Yeah. Because you're bringing in like these new people into mm. like create something you're trying to create. Yeah. I think it also allows you to kind of give something back to the community. Sure. Because I think if you're going at it with like a DJ artist kind of vibe, you're not necessarily booking the people that you would book as a promoter. Yeah. Because you're, obviously you need to make money, but you're not like, it's not your full-time job. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? And just like having a cool crew and just throwing a bunch of right. parties could be fun. I, I thought about it here. Um, but it's just also Detroit's so small. Yeah. That, that it's hard, it's easy to get boring in Detroit if, you, sure. if, if you're doing something con consistently. Yeah. Um, it's not like New York where you have loads of people that one week they don't come and the next week they do and right. enough people to do both <laughs> in detroit if you're doing a weekly party or even a monthly party you need somebody you need the same crew to come every time absolutely and the scenes like as far as like people like it's pretty small super small like even like we're like a little different genre wise but you know you go to parties you see like the, the same, same people yeah a lot of the same which is cool to see like people supporting like yeah. all this different stuff but it kind of shows you that there's not like a huge base of people to yeah. draw from. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, you could. It'd be the type. I feel like it'd be the type of thing where it's like, oh, I'm starting a, a monthly. The first yeah. month be awesome. Yeah. Second, Second month, month. Eh, third yeah. month, it'd be like completely dead. <laughs> it's like it's so I, weird. I can see it in my mind right now. It's so weird because I was talking to Chuck from Paxhow about that, and he said it's they've done that, and it's exactly that. Yeah, it's yeah. hard. It's like. To, to keep people invested and excited mm, about the yeah. night and everything, you know. I think you could do something interesting where it's like a monthly party in a. If you had a big enough following, mm. where like we, in, I initially wanted to do it like this, where you had each month was a different venue. Yeah. Like illegal. Sure. Legal, whichever, like wherever. Like yeah. sometimes 50 people, sometimes a 1,000 people. Yeah. Like I like that concept of it. It's a secret lineup. It's a secret yeah. party. I think people would buy into that and you could you could build something really interesting with that. Yeah. Um, but I also think it's you need a good team to, sure. to, to execute that. Yeah, it's a good model. I like that model. It's You could just have, like, have an email list. Yeah. 
like no social media. Yeah. Just have like a mail list of like all these people. Um, DVS one does something like that in Minneapolis yeah. to where it's like e- email only and it's uh, like invite only type thing. Or if, if you want to go, like someone has to vouch for you, that type of thing. That's so cool. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, he can do it of course, cause he's like a legend and they've been, that scene in Minneapolis is like very close yeah. knit and like, yeah, yeah. it's like very well developed. And, um, I think he has like a dedicated space where they do it, but to be able to do something like that would be really cool. But, you know, think about how long it took him to like build that up. It was probably like years and years and years and years. And also like it's, it's who's going to your parties. Um, in Detroit, it's still quite a young crowd. Yeah. Right. And I think in situations like that, like he's been around for so long that yeah. it's probably a bit of an older crowd. Yeah. And people will travel yeah, for it. Exactly. Which and is big. He's been in Minneapolis for ever. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Like his, his whole life, he's been around around there. And but I I think it I think Detroit, you could definitely do something with that. You could. I think so. It's just finding somebody that gets the concept. Yeah. And isn't in the concept to make money out of it. It's right. just like, let's just throw a fucking sick party. Yeah. It's like 20 bucks. Yeah. You, you don't know who's playing. Yeah. And you just go because you trust. Oh, man, I you know? love that. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't know if I'm one of these, sound like an old man, but it's like, back in the day, if you know what I mean, it was so much better. And it, I, I'm not saying that, but it feels like that's, like, I remember the free parties where you'd have to text to get an address, yeah, or yeah, to get a number, and then you'd call the number and get the address. Info line, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I, we did that with one of our parties in Detroit, and it worked. The, the one you played, yeah, yeah we, yeah, we did that, and we were like, um, you buy tickets and you get a text number, and then right. you text the number and you get the address sent to you. Yeah, like it worked. Yeah, we sold like 400 tickets. Right, and. It was a bit different where we had like the line. The lineup was kind of announced, sure. but still, like the secret location is a step there. Yeah, it's just doing it on a regular, right? And how to keep that going? Yeah, oh, I really want to do it. <laughs> yeah. I really want to do it. I don't know though. It's it's just it's taking it's educating the customers though. Sure. As well, because yeah. I don't think anyone anyone knows that yeah. era, if you know what I mean, that's going partying. Yeah, they'd really have to, like, trust whatever the crew was exactly. or the party series. So it, it would be a gradual process, yeah. right? So, yeah. And that's the type of thing where it could be a different venue each time. So the first time you do it, you could get, like, a hundred yeah. max yeah, capacity yeah. little spot at the Russell or something yeah. and then see how it goes and yeah. then it word of mouth spreads yeah. and then the next time 200 people maybe you know you gotta be willing to lose a bit of cash as well oh for sure yeah because you're up front up front yeah it's gonna cost money to put on but I, even if you got to the point where you're just covering your costs each party yeah it could be so cool yeah but at the same time i kind of just want to like sit in the basement and write tracks <laughs> <laughs> that's what it comes down to for me <laughs> yeah i it's sometimes just easier to just to like do that isn't it yeah which is why promoters are promoters and not producers or DJs. Yeah, yeah, because you have to be like super. Well, I mean, not that they don't love the music, but you have to be have a business mindset about it. First, maybe not first and foremost, but that has to be at least like first, first or second yeah. thing you're thinking about. Yeah, where I'm just like, 
oh, this guy made awesome track. I'm, I'm yeah. going to book this guy. <laughs> it's yeah, like, yeah. Does anyone know who he is? I don't know. Yeah, totally. The track's awesome. Yeah, and it's also like, no one gives a fuck about the lineup. At the end which, of the day, people just like want to go to the party. Which is so hard nowadays to yeah. kind of have a party that's not about the lineup. Sure. It's about the vibe. Yeah. We, we, we don't have it anymore. Yeah. There's very small amount of places that or promoted crews. Like I know there's clubs that, that do that. Like yeah. maybe Trezor, maybe Bagain. Like yeah. it, those institutions, if you know I mean, where people just go in just to experience sure. the club. Um but I could I can imagine even then there's busy nights and quiet nights. Oh absolutely. Yeah. It's not all like and when there's a massive lineup, it's Slapped. out the door yeah. all weekend. Yeah. yeah. So the lineup does matter. But I think you do have, for something like that, you do have this base amount of people you can always count on. Yeah. Because it's at this venue or it's this crew doing it. Yeah. Which is like big. Because then you're free to make more, you know, you're free to experiment a bit if you have like this base amount of people you can count yeah. on. Right. I think in Detroit, there's probably only like maximum 6,000 people maximum like i'd say on a regular basis four thousand people that are partying every weekend right in our genre of music sure in the electronic kind of realms yeah i wonder what the amount of like unique amount of people that go out like once a month like i wonder yeah. what, what that number is like yeah because i don't four thousand people is still a lot yeah thinking about it like if you think magic stick what's the capacity of magic stick 800 something like that yeah TV lounge is like four fifty. Yeah. Um, what's tangent? Tangent's probably like four fifty. Four fifty. I mean it's a bigger venue, but they don't yeah. do like huge things yeah, a lot. So four fifty then Marble Bar. Marble bar, what's that? Probably about the same. Yeah. Uh, and then you've That's it, really. Yeah. And then you got the big shows at Russell. Sure. When they happen. Which is like like once a month, once every two months, yeah, something like that. Two, three thousand. Yeah. And when that happens... Everything else is fucked. No one's... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's not like you have all these... Well, you do have new people that only go that, but then, like, all the other parties are probably struggling, struggling a lot. Yeah. Because I would say, like, on any given weekend, there's probably only, like, you know, one or two parties that 100%. do, like, really well, or, yeah. you know, yeah. everyone else probably struggles a bit. Yeah, because, again, it's it's a poorer city, isn't it? It's people don't have that much expendable... As much expendable right. cash as... If you lived yeah. in New York or plus COVID and everything, yeah. and um, once people's like unemployment ran out, that made a big yeah. marker on people who are like spending on what they see as like extraneous, yeah, you know, yeah. like going out, yeah. you know, yeah, totally. And of course, Detroit is gonna get it's a it's the first city to kind of go down anyway, isn't it? Yeah, it's like. Although it's it's definitely gone up since since I've been living here. Sure. Have you yeah. noticed a difference? Oh yeah. Yeah, it's like it's quite a bit better than when I first moved here, I feel like. Um there's like just like more stuff to do. There's a lot of yeah. places opening up. It's just hard to tell because like COVID is such like a once in a lifetime thing. It's hard to like judge like what is because yeah. of that and what is yeah. because of like, oh, it's Detroit. Detroit. Yeah. You know. But in a general sense, I feel like it's done about as as good as it can. Yeah. Like, um, Michigan as a state, like, dealt with COVID pretty well, I feel. One of the more, um, like, they had a lot of, like, good measures. Like, Missouri, where I'm from, was yeah. awful. Like, yeah. 
like so bad, like as far as how they dealt with it. But um, so yeah, I think Detroit's doing pretty good. I don't know. I think it, the thing is with with COVID and a place like Detroit is like it couldn't really get much worse. Mm-hmm. Like as a city, right? Mm-hmm. It's great. It was good beforehand, and it was growing, but like it's gone through the the fucking shitter sure. like over the years over yeah. the last like 40 years detroit's mm-hmm. gone through it's gone through a lot yeah. a lot and i think it's very clear when something else bad happens it's like well we've experienced something. sure well, yeah even though they haven't <laughs> experienced covid no one has but it's yeah. like this is still pretty similar yeah yeah I mean? and it's like you, you've all gone through hard times and i think you'd learn to live with hard times yeah it's not our first go it's not detroit's first go around no, you know not at, all. <laughs> not at all which is it's interesting so maybe it even dealt with it like better than a lot of places yeah you know maybe <laughs> i think that's it as well is like the community here is a, it's a def it's a different community sure because it's so small yeah for a major city yeah what, what would be classed as a major city um it's interesting i like it here you you plan on staying here very much longer <laughs> I'm looking elsewhere. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm looking elsewhere. Um, and then I'm like, do I just, like, change neighborhoods? Sure. But for me, is like, I want to have a place where all my family can come. Yeah. Um, and, like, I've got nieces and nephews. What it is, right. what the thing that I struggle with the most is when I come from here to the UK and back, like, my whole life from the UK just stops. Yeah. And I don't see anyone. Right, yeah. So, like, I don't see my family sometimes for, like, three, four months. Sure. And, like, my some of my closest friends, I don't see them for three, four months, which yeah. is fine. Like, we have technology that I can see them. but it's, Right, it's not the same. It's not the same. <laughs> um, and, like, my niece and nephews, my brother and my sister, like, everyone's getting older. Yeah. Right? And, like, my, bro- my parents are getting older. And it's, like, at this point in my career where we're like still growing and st- obviously we're all st- always still growing but sure. it's like i have to p- fucking hustle now yeah so yeah now's the hustle time and sure kind of hopefully set me up to a to the point where i want to where i want to be right um and i really want my friends from the uk and my family from the uk to be able to experience that as well yeah so i this might offend people and I'm sorry if it does, but <laughs> Detroit isn't the place to bring my family. Yeah. If you know what I mean. It's yeah. like, I'm looking, f- I've been looking at Austin. Um, sure. I love that city. It's, it's, there's just more to give as a, as a, as a city. Uh-huh. Um, so yeah. Or do I go somewhere else in Michigan? If you know what yeah. I mean. Do I go a little bit North? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I don't know. Where else would you live in America? In America, I mean, I mean, I love Kansas City. It's like yeah. where my whole family is. Well, that's, that's the thing. always it's home. an option. Yeah, it's home. It's home. Like I go through the same type thing. Where, I mean, it's not a different country, but I don't see them very often. You know, when I live there, I'd see them every weekend. Um, yeah. But I, I mean, I really like uh, I like Seattle a lot. Yeah. I like Denver a lot, which will never happen because Victoria, my girlfriend, lived in Denver and she hates it. I Which don't. I, I'd, I'd probably hate. Maybe I'd hate it if I lived there. I just. I love the mountains and stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. The mountains are beautiful. Denver itself is beautiful. But yeah. I couldn't live there. Yeah. Yeah. 
it's, for, as a city, I think there's more in Detroit. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Which is going to offend the whole of the <laughs> Now you're offending everybody. <laughs> Fuck <laughs> you. I don't think I would want to live in New York City. It's like, Lord. I love, New York City is a good place to visit. Yeah. Maybe that's how people feel about Detroit, but that's that's how I feel about New York. Like, I yeah. like visiting it, but it's like, just like, I don't want to live in like a box, yeah. you know, and like walk down the street and like, it just like smells mad. <laughs> I mean, even people love Detroit will acknowledge that. Like in the summertime, you walk down the street and yeah, it's just it like... Oh my god! Yeah, I I would if I had the money to buy a place that was nice yeah. in New York, I would move there tomorrow. Sure, yeah, I love it. But yeah, I get that. The thing I like, I I do like the transit. Like, I like the transit system. That's why I like Berlin so much because they're yeah, public transit. So like, anywhere I, I can live where I don't need a car is like a a plus. For me. So pretty much you got to leave America. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> it's pretty, like, maybe Chicago, New York. Yeah. Um, Everything else is kind of like, you need a car. I, I was thinking of, I've been looking at Chicago. Yeah. Because I like seasons. I like weather seasons. Sure. And Chicago gets, you get that. Oh, yeah. Um, Chicago's and Ch- nice. Chicago's really nice. Mm-hmm. Really nice. And you can, it's pretty much the same cost as Austin now. Yeah. Austin's like, LA prices it's ridiculous yeah and I'm just like I don't I don't know yeah I hear Austin's like the next San Francisco as far as like just Tax. insane yeah. like how are people even like affording to live here type prices dude I, I looked <laughs> yeah. at some houses and you're like 800 grand for a three bedroom like bunk, like single story yeah but the bedrooms are like the same size of our fucking bathroom <laughs> right. and you're like what like who in their mind is spending this much money? Yeah, on something that you're just like this is just pointless, right? Like, I feel like most people spending that money are just like buying it and flipping it and then buying it. Flipping. That's it's like a never ending cycle. That's what it feels like. And buying it for an Airbnb, it's like a big thing. Yeah, that's what it looks like. And, and that's that's one of the reasons it costs so much to live places is because yeah. people buy property and no one lives. Like yeah, they just like reuse it for Airbnb yeah, yeah. or whatever. Which it's like. I don't know what to do about that, but it's... And then it makes a shortened kind of property market and yeah. no one can really get... And there's not enough space. Right. You know it's I mean? like, why would I buy this house and rent it to someone for this amount of money when I can put it on Airbnb and, and make that double. much money in a weekend? Yeah. So everyone's doing that math and it's like, yeah. well, yeah, this is what I'm going to do. And then... It's like, just... Yeah, you're right. i got friends that do it in, in the UK. Yeah. That just buy houses and Airbnb them. Right, it's great business. Yeah, that's your your plan. <laughs> yeah. Fucks the city. But. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like I, I mean, I, I find it hard to like blame anyone individually for doing that, yeah. but it, but it does make it a lot harder for people to find a place to live. That yeah, is decent. Well, that's what happened in Toronto, wasn't it? There was like huge Asian investment. Mm-hmm. So what would happen is you'd have somebody from China buy like three or four apartments right and not even rent them out yeah not even airbnb them just have them sit in there right and they were doing it as like a tax break because there wasn't any extra tax that the the canadian government put onto them yeah and then it made like a housing crisis because there's no fucking houses for anyone it's to just like in. money laundering yeah right li- it's pretty li- much li- literally so yeah. now i think the canadian government's like charging like 20 25 tax yeah. but should should be illegal. It, yeah, it should be really. They should have like rent. I know Berlin has pretty good renters' rights. I think. Yeah. That they have, they do have Airbnb there, but it's some. I can't remember what the exact logistics of it is. Mm. But you have to like 
maybe it's like you have to own the home or, so, or yeah. something to where yeah. not just anyone can like Airbnb or whatever. By. Yeah. The, the Berlin's still pretty affordable. It's expensive. It's a lot it's more affordable. expensive. It's, it's really hard to find a place to live. Like people I know who have moved there like have a really hard time finding a place to live, just like finding a spot because a lot of people are moving there. I don't know what it's what that situation's like, you know, post COVID, but um, that's been my experience of knowing people who moved to Berlin. Is it's like, you know, they will live in a tiny apartment and then yeah. they're trying to find something else and they just can't yeah, yeah. find anything, yeah. or they're living with like two other people and yeah. trying to find a spot. But it's just like, because everyone wants to live like in this one like one area, yeah. yeah. But I guess you could live a bit further out. But you could. I, I guess the whole point is like New York, right? Like, yeah, you don't want to live like far out in Jersey, yeah. to be in the city they have like the ring bond and you yeah. basically want to live like in somewhere vicinity there. of that yeah. and if you go outside of that which if i if i moved there i'd probably like oh look at this <laughs> nice place like way out here it's like wow this is cheap yeah it's like i'll, I'll walk 20 minutes to the to the ring bond <laughs> i'm for that though like i'm for living a little bit out yeah and like having more space yeah i think space is as humans i think we need space oh for sure yeah there's something about like being in a box yeah. just confined it's it's the same as that like nine to five job like working in a console every yeah. day going to the office and just being confined to like a small space and like yeah i respect people that do it because yeah i couldn't couldn't do it you gotta find your own enjoyment out of it i guess yeah yeah definitely. <laughs> drive me insane uh, yeah and this is someone who like looks at a screen most of the day yeah that's what we do it's in, a, in dark yeah. rooms <laughs> it's like the joke like there's the good screen and the bad screen the bad screen's like work yeah the good screen's like all the other yeah, stuff but literally. it's like the same thing it's exactly the same <laughs> yeah. and we probably spend longer probably yeah we're just a bunch of idiots aren't we, really? <laughs> <laughs> mate let's wrap this up it's yep. been a great conversation it's been fun thanks so much for coming on of course um yeah how can people follow you how can people do all of that uh so i'm probably most active on instagram that's un underscore live. And then I have like Facebook and all that stuff. I've actually been like, not to get into it a bunch before we got off there, but I've been like trying to be on social media less just because yeah. it kind of drives me crazy a little bit. Yeah, yeah. What, but, um, what, what is it that drives you crazy? Let's talk about it a bit because I think, okay. it's, <laughs> it's, I think it's really important. Subject. Yeah. It's, uh, I don't So I think with COVID, so when COVID happened, I kind of like disattached from a lot of things which was kind of unhealthy but i think the healthy part of that was i kind of uh lost this kind of obsession i have with social media a bit yeah where i was like always trying to like think about why am i not getting this like yeah, or this yeah, like da, yeah. da, 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 da. so then like when i'm coming back into you know playing gigs and stuff and like you have to have social media as an artist unless yeah. you're like jeff mills or something <laughs> but it's like um i don't know there's just something about it like the like the endless scroll, mm. you know, and it's yeah. like, it it doesn't make me feel good. Yeah. Like looking at it doesn't make me feel good at all. And it's, and it just feels, um, I think it's maybe like you're constantly like comparing yourself to other mm. people, but it's, you're not really comparing yourself to other people. And this is kind of cliche, but it's like, you know, the, what people are posting isn't them. No, that's, it's, it's like yeah, this yeah. image that you're trying to cultivate. So it's it's like uh, you're trying to turn yourself into a product that's like consumable for people. Yeah. Which for me is like someone who's always been into like we talked about earlier, like this weird music and like yeah. these little things. Yeah. Like that's the hardest part for me um, as an artist, I think, is trying is like that balancing act mm -hmm. of being like, of course, you know, I, I make 
you know, I write an album, I want people to hear it, you know, yeah. so I'm going to post about it and I want, you know, I want to share it with people. But it's like not having it just be like a product for, yeah. or a content, yeah. you know, it's like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's tough, isn't it? Because we live in this world that you have to be so marketable and you yeah. have to constantly. But you're right. And I've never thought of it like that. Instagram, I'd never come off Instagram going, that was fucking amazing. I, you, know, you never do. <laughs> and I've never you thought never of do. that. Yeah. It's just kind of like, I don't know. To me, it's kind of depressing. And if, I mean, I saw, I'll see stuff on there and be like, oh, you know, it's good That's to see cool. your friends. Yeah, you yeah, see what yeah, he's yeah. doing. He was see what he's doing. But the overall feeling for me is just kind of like, uh, like it doesn't make me want to make music or be yeah, creative. Yeah, you're you know? right. It's the first thing I do when I wake up as well. Yeah, is like look at my phone, like roll over and look at it. So I, I mean, I've I'm started trying not to do that, but yeah. that's like one of the things that's like doesn't make me feel good. It's just being like, yeah. I wonder if that would change create the creativity if you did like if you had like uh, what's it called like a scheduling app. Yeah, and like on Monday, you scheduled everything. Yeah. Um, and then you just never look at it again. You just never look at it. Yeah. See, that's that's what I would like. <laughs> I remember I was asking you. I was like, "Is there like a Facebook?" Because you're like, I'd say you're pretty good with social yeah. media, and you've got it like dialed in a bit because yeah. you've put a lot of work into it. Mm. But um, if there was like a Facebook thing to where I never had to look at Facebook ever, and it would just like post my stuff, that definitely is. That would be because. Like, I can do Instagram, but Facebook to me is just, like, a bottomless pit of despair. <laughs> it's so yeah. bad. Well, I stopped posting on Facebook. Yeah. And then I was like, well, you need to keep it. I, I don't look at Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Ever. Yeah. Like, I, my profile picture has been the same profile picture <laughs> for fucking years. Yeah, yeah. Um, But I li- recently just connected my Instagram to my Facebook. yeah. And now, because they're all, it never used to be this good, but now that it's re- the linking's really good. All right. So I just, every post automatically goes on Facebook. I should just do that. And then it just, it, it's really easy. Yeah. And then you never have to w- look at it. I think I did that. And then it was funny because it was like, I shared it from the Facebook to Instagram yeah. and then. I saw on the Facebook post, like, no one liked it. Because, you know, Facebook likes, yeah, yeah, yeah. they want original content that's posted from their platform, even yeah. though it's the post, same the same people. But then I was like, well, why do I, like, who cares? Yeah. If no one, like, it's, it's that's, but that, but that part of me where I was like, oh, I need to make a more engaging post so that people like it. Yeah. That's what, like, kicked into my head. Fuck it. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> Fuck them. Like, there comes a, there, like, I've, this, since back touring, yeah, I've, gone through that phase of like fuck my social media is doing shit right right right. fuck my social media is doing amazing (laughs) and then this weekend i was like fuck it yeah like if i don't get over 200 comments on a post i don't care right if i don't get this amount of likes i if you can see that's the hard part for me is disconnecting that yeah because i think we're similar in that we're always like trying to like push forward and like make something new and do something new. So for me, social media was just like a game almost, you know, it's like, I'm going to do the best to get all this engagement, do this stuff, do this stuff, do this stuff. But that's so like counter to like art to me. Yeah. You know, it's, it's not art. Right. It's, (laughs) it's business. And I think this is the thing is like, but then, then I also think there's, there's people that have people running their social media. Yeah. And you can tell. Sure. 
and it's like, well, this isn't them. Yeah. But the whole point of social media is like personable. For me anyway. It's supposed to be. It's supposed yeah. to be super personable. Like that's like the that's the promise of it. Right? Yeah. Yeah. And it's only like I used to share everything on my social media, mm-hmm. like family stuff, everything. And then a few things happened like in the summer of 2020. And I was like, no, I need to like, I need to disconnect. Yeah. I yeah. To, I need to have part of my life that no one knows about. Sure. Um, which that helped me massively. Yeah. Yeah. And I put like a, a screen time on my a screen lock on Instagram, even though I go past it every day. Just to have the reminder. It just reminds me that, like, well, you've been on it. It's a 30-minute screen lock. Yeah. You've been on it 30 minutes. I might change it to an hour. Yeah. Or, like, 45 minutes. Because once that screen lock's happened, I generally don't go on it that much or after. But I still unlock it. So, just in case. Um, That helped massively. And then I took social media off my home screen. And yeah. put it on like the fast screen. I do that too. Yeah. But then you just get used to fucking. <laughs> yeah, 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 did it? It's like two <laughs> clicks. Yeah. Yeah. So and then your brain just gets used to it and it's like, oh. I saw this thing saying that um the average time someone spends online is like six to eight hours a day. Yeah. Which that's like a job. I you, you know, it's like let me pull up my screen. It's insane. I pull up my screen time <laughs> yeah. and it's ridiculous. Like screen time. It's like six to eight hours where you're like living in this daily average on screen. This isn't just on um, social media, it's sure. just a screen, but six hours. Six hours, yeah. Daily average. Yeah. Like, see all activity. Um, so, day. It's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. So WhatsApp an hour and twenty minutes. Yeah. A day. Instagram forty-five minutes. Th- oh, this is just today. Let's go yesterday. Holy fuckaroo. <laughs> <laughs> Message platform, two hours and forty minutes. Instagram, an hour and fifty-eight minutes. Damn. Spotify, I can't really comment on Spotify because it's always in the background. So yeah, it's yeah. Really it's, really yeah, it's probably not accurate. Safari forty-seven minutes. And WhatsApp, 45 minutes. That's a lot. That's a long time. I was traveling yesterday. Yeah. So it's a bit different. That's a bit different because then you're just like sitting there doing nothing. But I spent nine hours on the screen yesterday. Damn, that's a long time. That's a full work day. On Sunday, I spent five hours. So that was two and a half, two hours and 15 minutes on messages. Yeah. An hour and 15 on Instagram, 22 minutes on WhatsApp and the others just like little bits here and there. It's a fucking lot in it. It is. And it, I think it like, I don't know. For me, I mean, it's not good for you mentally. I know it's not good for me mentally. No. Like it, even if, even if I tell myself I'm having this like detached experience with it, it's still yeah. like just something about it that doesn't make, did you hear about the TikTok thing? No. The TikTok Tourette's thing? No. <laughs> what? So apparently there's this big world of like, Tourette's on TikTok, right? Um, and there was this big TikToker who like does like cooking or something, and they have Tourette's. Yeah, it's hilarious. This is like their gimmick. It, yeah, it shouldn't be hilarious, but it's right. fucking hilarious. <laughs> but it's like this is like their business, right? So what happened was this: there's this huge person on TikTok, and I'm I'll tell the the, the abridged version because yeah. I don't 
know it super well. But basically, um, they're like these mental institutions were having kids come in with, they said they had Tourette's. Yeah. And they all had these same symptoms and they were all saying the word beans, which is like something this TikToker says. Yeah. They specifically say the word beans, like in their Tourette's thing. Yeah. So it's, and so it's literally, so these people, so these kids on, they were on TikTok every, all day, literally got Tourette's from TikTok. Jesus Like Christ. they had all the physical symptoms and, tr- and of, of the Tourette's, yeah. you know, and they literally got it off a of social media app. That's so <laughs> fucked. It, it, it makes you think of like, you know, like the dancing plagues and like the middle ages, yeah. you know, where a whole town would go insane and like couldn't stop dancing. And it's like a uh, social disease yeah, yeah. or whatever. So that, so that same thing can happen like with social media, which um, is insane. Yeah. And kind of scary. <laughs> it's like, yeah, but if you're like on this thing all day and just like the way people move on TikTok and do mm-hmm. dances, it's yeah. like specifically for the shape of the screen. Yeah. So it's like people are creating this thing that's like shaped like a screen, like for people to consume because yeah. it's like the format. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's yeah. weird to think about, you know? It's, it's weird how our lives in the last eight years mm-hmm. have just like morphed into being a success online. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's like you ask kids what they want to be they want to be like twitch streamer youtuber yeah or they just want to be famous yeah that's what a lot of people that's the weird thing yeah i just want to be famous which is like i never started music because i wanted to be famous who wants to be famous like realistically what do you want to be famous for do you want yeah and i think this is the thing do people want to be famous or do people want to be rich they just want like clout they want the clout yeah but what comes with the clout like money, I guess. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's the thing is like, I'd rather be fucking the wealthiest person in the world <laughs> and no one know who I am. Oh, absolutely. Than be the most famous TikToker yeah. and have a shit ton of money. There was some... I, although I'm not fussed about yeah. being that wealthy, it doesn't bother me. There's but, some famous quote, I can't remember who said it, but it's like a similar yeah. thing. It's like, yeah. And I think... We we are lucky as DJs or live performers. Like yeah. we're not like even like the biggest of the biggest. Like let's say Calvin Harris. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's he's very famous, of course. But yeah. I don't think he's like Justin Bieber. Where yeah. he could like walk down a street. He could walk. Yeah, yeah. Where Justin Bieber couldn't. Right. Or like some TikTok t- TikTokers can't even eat in a fucking restaurant. Right. And you're like. I wouldn't want that. Who wants that? Who wants that that. fame? Like, (laughs) yes, it comes with money, but the money doesn't make your life. Your money makes your life easier to a certain extent. Yeah. And then that's it. Right. Like the materialistic shit doesn't make you happy. Yeah. Like we all know wealthy people that have a shit ton of money at some point in their life. Right. A nice car makes you feel good for a day. Sure. Or whatever. Like a nice house, it just pays. It's just a house. If you yeah. know what I mean, once you've been in that house, you want a different house. Yeah. Like, I don't know what there must be. They must have done some like research on this on like what the the optimum amount of money is where you don't need any more money. If, <laughs> right. if that makes sense. Like, yeah. How much you need to earn a year where like 
from being like let's say you earn 200 grand a year to 500 grand like what's the actual difference right yeah like, what how is it improving your life yeah because materialistic shit doesn't make you happy we right all, like you we all might not know that but it doesn't um i think people just want more money to have more money because that's yeah, like they don't just, know what else but do you like, think that's, that's an ego like thing maybe i think and i mean it's like this ever in the world but i think it has something to do with like just america a little yeah. bit just like you're, you're kind of taught that you know you're gonna you're gonna be a self-made person and you're yeah. gonna like make your own fortune yeah. and to make it to like to make the american dream is like make a bunch of money buy a house yeah. right you know it's, yeah. like, it's like do you think the american dream is real now no absolutely not i think it's gone <laughs> i don't think it ever really was i mean i it was always like a tainted type thing yeah. i think it was more of just like propaganda it was like it's like an idea marketing yes really. pretty much yeah just to, to build suburbia america yeah really. yeah it's it's an interesting one i think i think there's out of that though i think social media can be extremely powerful sure like if you think like the way the internet's kind of changed the world and made us all so accessible to yeah. everybody like it's like leveled the playing field maybe a bit massively, for people yeah massively yeah it's you don't have to be rich to have a well you do have to be rich to have a phone that's yeah. the thing is that majority of people that have a phone don't realize how lucky they are sure by having a phone yeah absolutely <laughs> like in the grand scheme of things in the grand scheme of like the world's population, yeah. a lot of people can't afford to have a phone. Right. Or maybe they can afford to have a phone, but they can't afford to do everything else. Right. If you know what I mean? So that would be interesting to see how many third world countries, how many people have phones over houses. Yeah. Or over food on the table every day. Right. That could be interesting. Yeah. I'll choose food. <laughs> Same. Fucking hell. Although you take my phone, I get like the phantom phone thing. I'm sure you get that yeah. where it's like, where is it? Or you'll you'll oh my I have my pockets vibrating. My yeah, my yeah, phone's yeah. not even in my pocket. Yeah. Like you feel like really, the vibrate. Yeah. See, I I turned all notifications off. Yeah. So I'm like the only notifications I get is text and calls. Yeah. But my phone's on silent and yeah. it doesn't vibrate. I do that, and you know who hates that? <laughs> my <Your> girlfriend. <laughs> Every time I do it, she's like. What if something, you know, which she's, she's right. She's like, you, you know, what if my car broke down or something like, and I can't get yeah. a hold of you, but I'm always, cause it's like the worst thing in the world to me is you're sitting there right in a track and then boom, boom, like yeah. the phone's vibrating yeah, yeah. and you're like, you lose, you're, you're like in the zone and then it's like, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I think there is ways around that. I think for certain, I don't know about on your phone, but I think for certain people you can do certain notifications. Oh yeah. So maybe I can like have it all silent except for, for just her. Like yeah, that's what I need to do. My, all of my friends hate it. Yeah. I never <laughs> pick up like even Ryan, my manager, like yeah. he pretty much guarantees I'm not going to pick up his call first time he calls. Oh, I'm the worst. At, I, yeah. Who answers their phone anymore? It's like, it's like just I, fucking text me. I'm the worst. <laughs> yeah, I much, I do much prefer having conversations. Oh, I do too. But I think I like talking to people. I think there's just a thing where it's like, uh, we're we're so like short term thinking now. Yeah. It's like, do I, do I have like time or patience to have like a phone call yeah, right? Yeah, you know? it's yeah, like no, that's I a agree. lot of commitment. Yeah, you know, talk us. No, I feel that. Do you think that's the same in music though? I find that in music is that it's, we live in such a throwaway society. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Well, it's just, 
it's the same type thing as social media where it's just like, are you like making art and are you making music or are you making like content? Which yeah. is is like, that's the thing I struggle with. Doesn't like, are, I just made this, I have this project, I have these tracks. Yeah. Is this just like content for someone to scroll past in like yeah, one second yeah. on Instagram? Yeah. Because that's not what I ever pictured it as. Yeah. Um, but for a lot of people, you know, that's what it is. It's like mm. a little Instagram story or something. Yeah. <laughs> that's the thing is like, I've got friends that are like TikTokers that are in like techno. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had him on the podcast and he's like, damn, I forgot his name. Why have I forgotten his name? <laughs> I've got to pull it up because he's, <laughs> yeah. he's a mate of mine and I was talking about him the other day and yeah. I forgot his name again. And I'm just, my memory's just terrible. <laughs> it's just really not I have good. to meet someone like four times before I remember the name. Um, Bad Boombox. Okay. Have you heard of him? No, I don't think so, no. He's I'll like, check him out. it's like, it's not your type of techno. Yeah. It's very fashionable techno at the sure. same time. It's, it's great music. But he's like blew up on TikTok. Yeah. Like blew the fuck up. Well, just the amount, like if you get big on like YouTube or yeah. something, the following you're going to have is there's so many people yeah. on YouTube. Yeah. Over what, like SoundCloud? Yeah. You know, or something. Exactly. <laughs> and yeah. what you can get out of that is yeah. like, it's not just, it's a, it's a whole business. Sure. If yeah. you've got the right team around you, like, look what Audrey does for a living. Yeah. Like, she's giving, like, YouTubers 50 grand for a video. Right, for, like, yeah. advertising. Yeah. Like, she does deals at, like, 150, 200 grand for one video. Right. And you're like, this obscene amounts of money. Yeah. It's it's obscene. Just, there's just, like, so... I'm ever, I mean, literally everyone is on YouTube. Right? Yeah. Everyone in the world. Yeah. That's, like, your audience yeah, on yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or in TikTok's probably the second, which I'm not on TikTok because I'm a Luddite, <laughs> but it's probably like the second biggest, you know. I, I, know. I tried with TikTok and I still try. Yeah. But for me, it's like, it goes back to what we were talking right at the beginning. It's like, I have to be authentic. Sure. And I can't do something just to do it. Yeah. And yeah, I use Can't TikTok, but I suck at it because I fucking hate it. Yeah, yeah. And you you don't, like it or enjoy it enough to like put in the time right. and effort to make yeah. it something that's up to your standard, yeah, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing is when I had Bad Boombox on, he like he went through phases, but he enjoys making videos. Right. He's a video editor yeah. as well, and sure like that's his job. It. Yeah, yeah. Um, other than DJing and producing, but like he loves making videos. Yeah. So what's the most perfect thing? Like you go on his YouTube and it's like. He's not got the biggest following on YouTube, but it's growing because he's making great quality content. Right. And it's people like it. Yeah. And that's the thing is there's a niche for everyone, right? There's a niche you could be doing fucking from cooking to sewing. Like yeah, somebody's yeah. gonna watch it. Oh, somewhere. yeah. Like we were watching earlier how to make a GoPro cam webcam. <laughs> yeah. Like And there's like thousands of thousands. <laughs> yeah. And you're like, I was thinking this when I was get filling the water up. Um Last night, I was like, because you've changed the water filter over the time. And I'm like, I wouldn't have a clue how to change this water filter. <laughs> but I know that someone's made a video on YouTube yeah, telling me how to. That's what I do. Yeah. Anytime I have to do something, I look it up on YouTube. And yeah. there's some of these people have millions of subscribers. Right. It's fucking amazing. It's incredible. It's amazing. And that's not even China. Yeah. China's got their own YouTube. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And there's billions of people. Right. And they have their own like Twitch too. Just like yeah. the same type thing. And TikTok was Chinese, wasn't it? I think so, yeah. It was musically before. Yeah. And then 
an American company bought it. Yeah. But I think they have TikTok in China. Right. Which would be wild. <laughs> yeah. Which is, if they do have TikTok in China, I could be wrong. Yeah. But that's fucked. Do you ever feel like, uh, like what we do is like kind of like antiquated? What does that mean? That's a big word. For like, me. like on, like, like it's on the out. Oh, you know what I mean? <laughs> dude. One of my friends just made it. I don't want to say who it is. Um, but just made $2 million on an NFT. Yeah. And they released it and in one, like one day made $2 million. Right. And there's a lot of work that goes into that. Yeah. Like I know how much work goes into that, but I know that it was probably, and it's been years of creating a community sure. to allow that. Like if I or you, you or I kind of made an NFT we don't have the community the size of that that person. Yeah. Just to, to, could we make that? I don't know. It would be yeah. Like, but I also know a friend, a friend of a, a friend's ex girlfriend. There was four people, and I think they made like four million dollars between them. It's insane on an NFT. Yeah. And it was like three months of twenty hour days working. Yeah. But three months work for twenty hour days, and you make <laughs> a million each. Like, or even <laughs> even if it's a quarter of a million, it's like it's not bad. Yeah. But I think with what you're saying is i i think because it's our world mm. we're so in it yeah we're so like this is all we do right and i think by doing that it actually limits the rest of our lives to a mm -hmm. certain extent because we're so engrossed into what we're doing and we forget that there's a fucking massive world out there yeah and nobody listens to techno <laughs> like yeah. realistically yeah. in the grand scheme of things like when you compare it to anything else or right. a lot of other things, electronic music is it's like a niche within a niche. Super niche. Yeah. Super niche. But I love it. Yeah. That's the thing is like, cause I do get, I mean, you look at like YouTubers and TikTokers and all these people and it's like, like going out and like going to a party and like seeing a performer yeah. is, I mean, but it's also, it's such like an ancient thing that I feel like it's always going to be a yeah. thing. Yeah, it might not like look like what it looks like now, mm. like twenty years from now, but um, it's a good thing I love to do it because it's like it's not you know the cool new thing to do or whatever. This is the thing I think. I think it is the cool new thing to do, but I think it's going through a moment where you're going to get a lot of artists that aren't actual artists; they just want to be famous in, sure. in this scene. Yeah, um, which has been happening for a while. Happened for a while, but maybe more. I think more so now. Yeah. Like I've been hit up by so many people that are like, legit. I want somebody to write my music for me. I want somebody to manage me. I want to be DJing. Sure. And I don't. I obviously care about the music, but I don't. I have no. Um, they have no kind of. They don't want to write the music. They don't want to go through that process that. They just want to like through. be on a stage and have people looking at them. Yeah, is that what they want? I think because if they don't like the music, I, th like, I think I think they like the music. Yeah, but they have no relationship between the the, the making of that music. Yeah. Um, See, that's weird to me. Like, I mean, I love performing, but yeah. it's like the end goal for me is not to be like standing somewhere and having a bunch yeah, of people look yeah. at me. Or you know. Weird. Well, I think that if that was, you would have 
done a completely different route. Yeah. I think we all would have. Of course. Yeah. I, I think also what's happened with social media and what DJs share on social media and what producers share on social media and how their lives are is very different to what their actual lives are. Of course. If you know what I mean. So like... You don't see like the, oh, I'm sitting in my hotel room for five hours by myself, like no. <laughs> like in the dark. No. Like, and, like that's not on social media. Like what's on social media? Fucking private jets. Yeah. If I, mate... I'm scared about next summer because I'm literally going to start unfollowing people. If I see another DJ post a, a private jet, <laughs> like COVID, COVID actually like helped me keep following people. Sure. Because no one was traveling. Yeah. Yeah. But this year, next year when private jets in the summer start happening for Ibiza, I'm just going to be like, absolutely not. That's insane. It's uh, my feed was just my mates. That is ludicrous. Private jets. <laughs> and I'm like, but it, what? Where did where Why? did this happen? Why? Yeah, um, it, yeah, it's it's kind of virtue sig- 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 signaling. Well, yeah, it's like it's like flexing. It's yeah. like you know, it's, it's like, like how big's my look what I got. Yeah, yeah. and I I actually I don't like that because I think it's almost like a kick in the teeth to everybody that's coming to see you play. Oh well, sure, yeah. It's like how much you earning to come. To see, yeah. like, I'm paying... And then this person's like, I paid $80 yeah. for this or whatever. For, for like an $20 hour. $20 yeah. for a water or whatever. Like, and I think there's it comes a point where it's like, you're actually removing yourself from the community. However, we have live in a day and age where that's cool. Well, yeah, and a lot of people in the crowd probably think that's cool. They're yeah. like, oh, look, this person's got all this stuff. That's exactly. cool. I'm going to go see this person. And that's where I think this kind of community's this like massive producers that or djs or whatever they want to be is they don't actually want to be the artist they want to get what the artist that the successful artists have got sure and don't realize the work it yeah. takes to get there they just want like the end result where yeah. i'm like standing on a stage in front yeah, of a bunch yeah. of people or whatever which if which i if if i was in that situation i feel like that would feel kind of hollow it's yeah. like you do you because yeah, you have no relationship to it yeah. it's, it's weird isn't it yeah but I think that's the thing. I think fame on social media is, and fame in life is sometimes bigger than. That's that's all they want. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's all they want. I think it's just kind of like warped people's yeah minds and perceptions a bit about things, which is like why me personally, I'm just like, uh, stick to it. I try to like yeah not spend all my time. On Instagram, it's <laughs> definitely a good thing, man. It's definitely a good thing, mate. I'm literally gonna piss myself. Yeah, I know. Let's it's wrap good. this up. Yeah. We've done. Yeah, we've nearly done two hours. Nice. That was great. Was I really time. enjoyed it, man. Really, we we, it. we talk all the time, so yeah. it's, <laughs> I kind of <laughs> forgot the thing was even on. Yeah, so. same. Great. <laughs> Thank right. you so much. Yeah. Uh, go follow you, 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 and you, you, in underscore live, underscore live. Yeah, um, mate, big love. It's been fun. Thank you so much. Yeah, mate. see you a bit. Bye. And that's a wrap. Hope you enjoyed it. Um, loved that one. It was a really good conversation. Uh, don't forget to share it. Don't forget to subscribe. And I will see you next time.